everybody, and welcome to another installment of Innovation Crush. In case you guys are tuning in for the first time, this show covers all things innovation, ideas, creativity, smart people doing smart things, and I'm sitting here with two brilliantly smart uh, people. I'm going to start. I hate to break it to you, but okay. Keep, <laughs> no, no. I'll, I'll let you go on with that fast. No, break it to me later. I, I, I don't mind being disappointed. Yes. Um, or you might be disappointed by the time this is over. Um, <laughs> Dr. Kim Shulman Blair, how are you? I'm very good. Um, can you just give us the 101 on who you are? Sure. So um, I'm a Kiwi, originally from New Zealand. and um, That's what Kiwi means. <laughs> yes. I, yeah. Okay. Got I, that. I didn't know if you... Well, I, it's also a flightless bird. And a fruit. Yeah. Flightless and bird, a fruit. a fruit, and a person. Yeah. Yes. So which, which one are you? No, and a people. And a people. And a people Everyone person. from New Zealand is, <laughs> like Cole and Sal's, Kiwi. Kiwi. Like, that sounds Australian, but anyway, we'll, Australian. we'll let you that we'll right. check it. I am half Australian, actually, but I just uh, don't talk about that half of me much. Fair enough. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, I started off working as a doctor many years ago in New Zealand and um, came up with the concept of wanting to explain medical information to patients through storytelling. And it was because um, while working as a doctor, people would come in and you would try to explain to them all these different kind of medical terms and diseases and things. And what you learn at medical school and the kind of information that you're given in the language that you learn is totally different to what people learn from in the general public. And so there's a, a major disconnect between doctors and patients. Right. And so I thought, well, um, I want to come up with a, a really cool, innovative way to use storytelling to be able to educate patients so that they're not in the dark so they don't wonder what it what does this mean what is cancer what is epilepsy so that we can break it down into a narrative that they can then understand and be, become empowered it's more accessible yeah. basically yeah. um and that gentleman's <coughs> voice isai morales hello more or less uh, more or less. I see what you did. Oh my you god, a lot of people don't no, get that. You are smart. Let's just take them to it. Forget all the other stuff. Like, no, really. Just, um, so let's pretend yes. people lived under a rock. Um, how would you explain what an Isai Morales is? Oh my god, that's uh, that's a tough question because I'm still working on it, number one. Aren't we um, all? Yeah, I mean, he's a man who's not defined, but rather considers himself refined by his failures. Mm. And, uh, and some success and thank god the success has outweighed the failure for now and i'm just chasing uh meaning understanding happiness joy and i'm a professional um thespian trapped in a man's body this is very poetically stated thank you i mean you know <laughs> okay another way to put it is i'm an emotional call guy <laughs> you pay me the right money i tell you what you want to hear the way you want to hear it <laughs> you know what i mean that's that's what we do is some call it acting some call it acting. Yes. Um, so wait, how did you two come together? This is this is well. Hey, 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 hey! Not yet, <laughs> buddy. Well, a boy can dream now. That's fine. A boy can dream now. It's gonna be yes. Construed. Not misconstrued. No, construed, construed. the right way. Yes. <laughs> uh, so wait. I have a yenta named Ken Goldstein. <laughs> I, I know that lady. <laughs> no. Listen, listen. He's metro, but he's straight. Okay. Did you see the man bun, though? Did, how are you <laughs> about the man bun? You know, it takes a real secure man to not worry about the man bun. That's true. And uh, come on, look, look at the, the hood guys. The hardest core gangsters were wearing pigtails. I said, okay. That's true. I'm not going to make fun of that dude. You went back to <laughs> Snoop Dogg's doggy Snoop style. Snoop Dogg, dude. You remember that? <laughs> pigtails. I mean, and all those braids and everything. So it's like a, you know. Let me go back to Dr. Kim. Yes. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> so how did you guys uh, You find, find yourself going another? back to the doctor often? Um, it's interesting because um, we created a story to explain migraine uh, to patients. And so through a mutual friend of ours, Kenny, uh, with the man bun, uh, spoke to Isai about this and introduced him to the story because he suffered from migraine as, as did his mother. And through reading that, um, he said to me, you know, if you ever do anything on Alzheimer's, you got to let me know because it's something that my mum's going through and I'm going through personally and I'd like love to be involved if you ever did anything in Alzheimer's disease. And so that was next on our hit list. And so It's so funny came. she should mention that because yeah. I know this is going to sound like a terrible joke, but I'd forgotten that. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I know it's, I know it's, I'm bad. I'm wrong. No, but she's right. 
because we did that um, interview yeah. at the Nobu yeah. on the um, on the shore um, about migraine. Yeah, and we yeah. talked about my mom. Yeah. But my mom, my mom is my hero. So um, she is. She said, "Well, yeah, actually, matter of fact, yeah, we're yeah. doing Alzheimer's explained." So, from that standpoint, like Alzheimer's explained or migraines explained, yeah. like what does the for the audience, like what does the end product look, look like? So it's a digital story that anybody can just download from the App Store and read it as an app, or they can just view online um, by our website. And it's a story about a real live person. And in the case of Alzheimer's Explained, it's based on the life of Isai and his mum, and going through, um, or mom, I should say, um, going through the the stages of her life, and as he's grappling with. Um, what it was like to kind of start to put the dots together of what's happening to her as she's slowly losing not just her memory but also parts of her personality are changing yeah. and um, and so then through the narrative which is um, a real life story there's all um, the medical information is kind of written into that so that by the time the person gets to the end of the story they've not only engaged and learned about um, Isai's real story and he's been able to help all these people that are um, struggling and suffering because it's often, particularly in Alzheimer's disease, the caregivers that um, find it the hardest to, to deal with. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, they also throughout that journey learn, oh, well, what is a tangle? What is a plaque? What is it? And, and all of that medical stuff is ingrained within the story it's just kind of hidden so that you get to the end and you've learned all about this without really even intending to mm -hmm. but it's better than kind of looking up dr google and going oh what the yeah, hell is all right. this the worst yeah. thing ever exactly uh, i mean should, no disrespect to women it yeah. works um so <laughs> i mean look my mom actually uh my, my grandmother had alzheimer's and my mom was her primary caretaker so i, I saw right. firsthand like the toll that it can wow. take on the caretaker but as a emotional call man as you call yourself um what did you feel <clears throat> during that you know that time period with your mom and, well it's still ongoing yeah and it's uh it's horrible it's frustrating it's um it's painful you don't know she can go at any moment i can get a phone call and you know my the wind will be knocked out of me in the biggest sense it's something i've dreaded for many many years because i've watched it happen to friends other people's uh, you know parents who've passed away and you know at, at this point we don't have uh, the ability to resuscitate folks so it's 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 a door that closes for good at least in this plane mm -hmm. so for me um it, it was kind of like you know dreading the inevitable and then i get the call from my brother in puerto rico half-brother who was uh, saying, you know, I think the time has come, you know, she can't be on her own. And, you know, even with family, you know, when you have a person that is so good one moment and then disoriented the next, to the point where it got so bad as you pull a knife on his wife, what are you doing here? You know, right. who are you? It, it's just, you can't have that with little other little kids around. You don't know. And it, it's just a painful situation yeah. that, um, that I, I'm, I'm basically um, at, at the mercy of the system. And so I am taking advantage of this kind of godsend to meet Kim, who is doing this. And this is like, I believe, my first step into the public world because I didn't want to admit it's private, it's personal, it's painful. Yeah. It's like you're putting your family's laundry out in the public. This is not something that's easy. And, you know, so I, I just don't know how my rest of my I didn't know how the rest of my family would feel about it, right. you know. And, uh, and frankly, to be very honest with you, it's uh, you're putting yourself out there because genetically, you know, they say these things happen to you know, run in the family per yep. se. So this was a big decision and uh, and it wasn't right away. Something like you say, yeah, talk to me about it. But then when she did, because... <laughs> she followed up. <laughs> yeah, came in one of those people right. who will get right. back to you, okay? <laughs> not LA. Car, your phone rings. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What did I, I, I... I said that, really? Oh, my God. And and, and it was, you know, and, and a couple of meetings later, I'm talking to two writers. I'm like, oh my god, this is moving forward. And I had so what? So what made you like 
continue to pull the trigger. With, yeah, because if, if it is that Kim plied me with alcohol. <laughs> Basically, it's the secret weapon. It's the it's universal the elixir. <laughs> it's the uh, you know besides water, the universal solvent. Um, no, but the ultimately, I believe that my mother. One of the things I remember all my life, since I mean since I was a child is I would hear her, because she was an active, she was a union organizer for the International Ladies' Garment Workers' Union, um, the number one between 67 and 70 in the tri-state New York area. The woman who barely spoke English, organized Latina, white, and black women to stand up for their right. rights, to not be abused. And in that same vein, I would remember hearing her talking on the phone for hours as I played with my toys, talking to other women and people who were victims of some sort of abuse or bullying, whether it's by your employers or your spouses. She's like, no, you don't have to take that. No, you stand up for yourself. You know, she was just a very empowering person. Mm -hmm. And to now see that same person helpless is devastating. And to watch it happen and you, this actor who's been working for 40 years, impotent to really help her. Right. Because... You try to research and, oh, my God, everybody's got a cure for Alzheimer's now. Everybody's got a treatment. Everybody. And if you really talk to folks, most of them don't pan out. And a lot of it is taking advantage using marketing because people are so many are suffering. It's a huge So along those lines, sorry, because it drives me to this thing. I think encountering sometimes, you're actually looking for hope, right? When when you're doing the Google search, you're like, I want to find an answer. As opposed to what is presented in the stories like this, especially for something like Alzheimer's, it doesn't really have like a finite answer. Like there's things you can do along the way. Um, But like, how do the story, what are the stories designed to do? Inform, enhance the hope? Like what, where's the... Um, Really, it's about information and empowerment. So um, the response that we've had, we launched it last month. We've had thousands of people write in and say thank you Isai for sharing your story it's for the first time I actually understand what my loved one is going through and even people who are recently diagnosed with Alzheimer's themselves they feel like they just having that understanding of what's going to happen and when um, it it just gives um, that sense of knowledge is power right people mm-hmm. say that so it's we're not um, talking about new hope on the horizon. There's a whole bunch of people, like Isai said, that have a whole bunch of things that are coming through the pipeline, but um, we don't so much focus on that. We're more saying, well, this is actually what it is, and this is actually what it isn't. Right. And This is what is known. So you think yeah. knowledge is power, right? Yeah, like that's, exactly. That's it. And so just to put this in perspective, um, I mean, these are like world-class artists and writers that are creating these. Can you walk us a little bit through the creative process and the back end of the creation of these things? It's not just like, oh, cool little story. Part of it was, (laughs) I think the genesis was what she she did with me as far as getting me together to get the narrative, Mm. the story. And I talked very frankly about a lot of things. And then you guys choose which parts of the story to focus on and then yeah. you take it away after that. Yeah. So um, we combine, I guess, fun with fact. So we have a team of in-house doctors that write the base content for how are we going to explain what Alzheimer's disease is, the pathophysiology. And then we have the writers who write for Nickelodeon, Marvel, Netflix, um, who sit down with Isai and get his story. And so then it's a combination of those two parts. Um, the fun and the fact, I right. guess. And then it gets peer-reviewed by the leading specialists in the field. So we went out to the top Alzheimer's disease investigators and doctors in the world and said, would you review this? Um, the top guy from the Mayo Clinic, for example, read it, said this is the most amazing uh, way to explain Alzheimer's disease, put his name to it. Um, and then we're working also with the Alzheimer's Foundation of America who've also reviewed it, um, made some changes, and then now they're supporting and endorsing and they're a collaborating partner. And then it's made free, freely available to everybody in America who knows someone, either, either who has Alzheimer's or um, themselves or has a loved one or a friend who's going through it. And this is just like one vertical, right? I mean, you talk about migraines in, yeah. in all sorts of conditions. So, um, by the way, when I 
read about you having migraines, I, uh, I, I couldn't help but picture you in Ozark in your final scene. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was, was the like, that's ultimate, a headache. That was the ultimate, that was the ultimate relief. You know, she did me a favor. I said, man, I'm, lo- I'm losing face in this scene. Yeah, I see what you did. Comedy tour. It's coming up. Yeah. Um, no, there's a whole portfolio of stories that you've created over time. Uh, yeah, how long has it been around? Yeah. Uh, so, Sorry. Medicine X has been going nearly four years, but um, here in the US, just, just about a year. So, we're really just kind of getting going. Um, but we've covered about 30 different conditions at the moment, and we have thousands that we want to get to because every time we do one, we have people writing in saying, oh, can you explain epilepsy or can right. you explain? Well, I, yeah, but I, I have to full disclosure here. Um, when, when Kenny first told me about this Medicine X thing, I was initially interested because I thought it was like revolutionary, you know, like Malcolm. Right. Uh-huh. But X meant explained, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, so, yeah, as well said, I think we're all sort of here because I'm waiting for like this strong black man and a Kiwi woman. Well, that's, that's pretty much what this is. So, full circle. But yeah. um, I think the other important component of of what it is that we do and what's so innovative is that there's also a community for Alzheimer's Explained that we've created on Facebook, and there's about seven thousand members now. And it's growing day by day. And so people come on and have their questions answered by the doctors that we have. And we use the same kind of storytelling to um, to answer their questions. So they, you might read something online and you're not sure if it's real or quackery. So people post links and say, what's this? Is, is this for real? And I resemble and that have... remark, by the way. <laughs> and then, we have uh, debates quackery. about quackery. Yeah, what yeah, is yeah, and what is not do. quackery. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't get talking about chemtrails, but, um, <laughs> which I've no, now no, renamed no, Kim trails. Okay. Oh, nice. that, sounds, that sounds like a condition. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I've been affected. <laughs> but yeah, we have a, a community now of people. So it's, uh, it's really great because they interact with each other and give right. each other support and say, wow, I didn't realize that because when you're dealing with somebody who has Alzheimer's disease that you almost have to, um, Sometimes it, it has to be funny because, and, and it's interesting, it we're, we're all sitting here and yeah. my, my, my grandmother. <laughs> there, there are fun, sorry, there my, are funny moments. My, oh. there, my, my, grand, funny, yes. my, my grandmother um, <clears throat> died from Alzheimer's disease. Mm. So it's interesting that each one of us here is affected yeah. in our immediate family by Alzheimer's. But anyway, she would go into the nursing home at the end and she would sit down next to the lady and every day she would say, Oh, good morning, and she'd say, "Oh, good morning." And what's your name? And they would have—I don't know what it was about the, same the conversation, conversation, but whatever they mm. said triggered the same thing, and they had the exact same conversation every day. So you know, stuff like that—you know—it's it, kind of funny. You got to laugh, and the the people and the way that they connect with each other and say, "Oh my goodness, this is what happened today." Because if if you don't laugh, you cry. You, you had, know? Look, I, I, I do remember. Yeah. My, so my mom's uncle lived with us for a while. And yeah. He was also, you know, uh, had Alzheimer's. Yeah. And we went downstairs, and the remote control was just like torn to shreds. Right. <clears throat> and uh, my mom was like, "Uncle John, what, like, why did you tear the remote control?" He's like, uh, "How can how can I eat it if I don't tear it up?" <laughs> I guess uh, makes sense, right? Like, those <laughs> advertisers are really powerful. <laughs> um, no, that, so uh, I mean that's an amazing just process of, yeah. uh, of that. And this <clears throat> is your first celebrity sort of yeah. project. Yeah. How's that differed from the other? Like, how, what's the experience been like? I mean, pretend he's not in the room, just in case you want to um, well, be really honest. Blah blah blah. blah, I, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm gonna cover my ears. Go on. I think it's um, been really amazing because. People are really interested, I think, to see um, a part of Isai Morales that is the real human being that he is and that, you know, you can have a persona as an actor um, and as a public figure and a public person, but then to realize that um, he's a real person and he's going through um, this really um, extreme emotional turmoil with with his own mother, I think. It... Cartel kingpins cry. <laughs> Just to know. <laughs> um, I think it gives people a glimpse into the fact that... Um, they're not alone. A, they're, they're not alone and that, that um, 
diseases like Alzheimer's don't discriminate and anybody from any walk of life can, can be facing this. And I think it's been really helpful um, and powerful to have him as a spokesperson for this condition. Yeah, I also think it's going to help get other people eventually because it's like, okay, if he can do it, you know, maybe it isn't so bad because it's difficult. Mm. I mean, I'm sure you've approached other folks that may have been yeah. interested but haven't pulled the trigger. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I mean, you bring up a great point because I, I had the chance to interview Sugar Ray Leonard uh, a couple oh, years ago. Oh, love him. Yeah, um, me too. By the way, the first celebrity I ever met that said they were a fan of mine. Oh, wow, really? <laughs> yeah, it blew me away. Oh, that's phenomenal. I was like, I'm famous. <laughs> I'm really famous. And not just in my head or my family. <laughs> right. That's Sugar Ray Leonard, okay? Right. No, you can cuss on the show, by the way. Okay. Um, <laughs> I like the, like the, the self-edit, though. That was good. No, um, uh, but he, he told the story. You know, he, he'd just written his book, and he, he talked a lot about a lot of things, drugs and so on oh. and so forth. And I was like, was there anything that was almost off limits? And he actually talked about being molested in, yeah. in the book. And he said it was the last thing he added to the story. And he said it's the number one thing that people write to him about. It's like, thank you for wow. telling that story. Because I think it's, it becomes like, Cathartic. you become relatable yeah. Yeah. to me, you know, yeah. to me as a fan, right? It's yeah. like, oh, whatever pedestal I've put you on in my mind, yeah. now it's like- I see what you, you did there. Humanized. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Pedestal? Okay. Yeah. I, I saw what you did there. Okay. Okay. You think that went over my head. <laughs> Anywho. Um, so I guess when you launched this as an app, as a community, like what was all the thought process that went into how to build a community and get the stories told? Because you very easily could have been like, here's some cuddle books. We'll leave them in the you know waiting rooms at, yeah. <laughs> at the hospitals. But, you know, there's stories, there's still images. I like, there was one, I think, with the migraine, there was somebody being kicked off a cliff. Like, yeah. Was, like, explain, <laughs> explain that image. Just like, uh, I'm going to... Yeah. Um, so that was, uh, was it... Uh, it a might devil have. getting kicked into yes, a burning hell. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> devil getting kicked into burning hell. It's very yeah. funny. Um, it was somebody trying to get rid of their migraine and how they felt about it. Yeah. So um, it's we let people know about the stories in the community mainly through social media. Right. So that's the main way that that people find out about it. Um, and then because everybody is these days looking on their phone to get um, information and, you know, Googling and stuff. So people share um, that they say, hey, this is a really great resource here and they're sharing it. So it's kind of growing organically. Mm -hmm. It's become it's a clearinghouse of information, yeah. which yeah. is a good thing. Yeah, <clears throat> no, that's, uh, that's phenomenal. And because, it, because people can understand it and it's different and it's got so many pictures and um, it's graphic because, you know, at the end of the day, people are human beings and we relate much better to pictures than words and, mm -hmm. and everything stories tell a thousand words. So having that storytelling and the pictures means that people are more likely to share it as well and say, well, this is what I'm going through. Also, uh, you know, because you, uh, I know you have some, a lot of international experience, right? And you know, you're Hispanic. Uh, <laughs> I put the panic in Hispanic. <laughs> His is, panic, that's good. That's right. Man, this is, this is full of quotables. Um, no, just like this idea of like democratizing the language and yeah. like, um, but I know you had like part of your origin story to use some comic book terminology, yeah. um, is having traveled as a young kid yeah. to India and other parts of the world. How does that, how, what was that like and how's it affected what you created now? Yeah. So, um, when I was a medical student, I went over to India and volunteered at a hospital there and it was interesting because they were treating a, a thousand patients a day. They didn't really have any funding. I remember myself and some of the other medical students taking our own blood to see if we matched a, a young girl in the ICU because she was basically going to die and, and didn't have access to just a blood bank. Um, and so I went to the CEO of the hospital and said, I want to find a way um, to help with this so that we can we can help out and I'll go back to New Zealand and we'll have a dinner and raise some money and he sort of patted me and said that's really sweet Kim but don't even worry about it because that isn't sustainable and people don't really give to charity anymore it's not it's sort of defunct like we have to find a way to find a sustainable way to help people in the developing world so I went off and I thought right I'm going to find a, a business model that um, helps to um, help patients in the developing world, but that can just stand on its own two feet. Yeah. So I knew that in my mind I wanted to do something, but I just didn't quite know what it was. And so then um, 
when I finished med school, became a doctor, was working and then was still looking for that idea in my mind and then thought came across this massive gap in the market, which was that patients just don't get what doctors are saying. And mm-hmm. it, it, it doesn't mean that you're stupid or silly. <coughs> One of my best both friends, of friends, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> One of um, my good friends was... Um, knighted for his contribution to business in New Zealand he's a sir and he called me up when he got a a diagnosis of cancer saying I don't understand what these doctors are saying can you translate it for me and he's such a super smart guy so um I thought oh my goodness well here's the here's the idea take medicine and teach it to people in their own language um it's and use storytelling so but then um as we grow and um becoming profitable then that funds the Medicine X Foundation, which will help people in the developing world. So the whole kind of um, idea came from finding, um, from wanting to help people um, in those countries, particularly in India. I've been yeah. there what, eight times. If you don't mind my asking, what yeah. part of India? What part? Um, Odin Chatram was where I went the first time. I've been there eight times, so. It sounded very challenging. Why yeah. there? Why there? Uh, that, <laughs> Yeah, why I India? love his I love his Indian voice. Oh, <laughs> oh, you think I have an Indian accent? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm working on it. But it's, anyway. a, it's my favorite one of his. Oh, <laughs> um, Indian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're no joke. Very rare. They're no joke. <laughs> but anyway, please continue. Um, yeah. So so that was always the kind of desire to to do this. So by by every story we do is not only helping people. Um, in America and Australia and around the world to understand what's going on, but it's also helping others. Um, I have an interesting story at some point when you want to talk about well, India because I, um, one of the people that I talked to in this whole thing was D- uh, Deepak Chopra. Hmm. We were giving him an award and I said, do you mind if I imitate you because you, are, you have the most... <laughs> I said, Deep, said you have the most debonair Indian accent I've ever heard. It's just so, he says, absolutely, it's fine. And after the show, I said, listen, my mother has Alzheimer's. Do you know anything about, and he goes, you know, how I can treat her? And he, and he says, well, actually, my partner is um, Dr. Rudy Tansi. He's the top neurosurgeon at like Harvard. The man is, you know, is this his partner in writing books or something? And right. I'm like, oh, my God. So eventually we traded emails and I got like a protocol, a natural supplemental protocol. And I sent it to my mother's doctor. Mm. So, you know, this is what it's all about. It's communicating with people, increasing your web of knowledge and contacts so that they can inform your choices. I don't know. Like I would almost imagine to some degree that's almost more important than the content, right? Like it's, mm. it's combining ecosystems. Like you're yes. able to have access to, sorry, yeah. you at Isai is able to have access to, you know, your network of medical professionals and yeah. vice versa. You can bring yeah. in other voices. To I would like to do that. And I, I do yeah. want to talk to you about things. But, you know, one, and I don't know if you finished your line of questioning because I don't. I, I, I feel this is, this is free flowing. I mean, I interject and I'm sorry, I don't want to, you know, overdo it, but um, I learned certain things. There are, there's an Alzheimer's summit that's online, all the holistic doctors mm. around the world talking about Alzheimer's and what works, what doesn't. And I couldn't attend the whole thing, you know, it's online, but I, the, of what I saw, one thing was very fascinating. And that was that beta amyloid plaque, which is what our, you know, scientific community basically focuses on as the main cause of Alzheimer's or the contributing factor, <clears throat> is um, there's questions about that because there are people who have died of Alzheimer's that have had no beta amyloid plaque. Mm. And there are people who have beta amyloid plaque and live on to their 90s without cognitive um, dysfunction. So I like bringing that information to, you know, to folks like Kim right. and others to see how we can kind of have a conversation that eventually it's an ongoing conversation so that we can find the latest because knowledge is static if you don't update it. Right. And one of the things I'm afraid of is to, you know, be part of something that gives outdated information. So I like keeping in touch with Kim and saying, hey, if I find something, can I tell you guys about it? Will you update it? And she's like, absolutely. Right. So I'm looking forward to 
um, sharing with her some things that I haven't yet. About I'm about this. to bless you with knowledge. Oh my God! No, not just <laughs> actually the, the cutting edge technology from teams around the world mm. that have to do with not only Alzheimer's but all kinds of regenerative medicine. They're able to hack the human cell. Mm. In other words, the language that cells use to communicate with each other. And believe you me, they communicate with each other. It's called cell signaling pathways. I'm sure you know about this, Kim. This has been, there's breakthrough technology, University of Bologna, there was a conference there where they can <clears throat> take your cells and harvest them mm. to change, like, like stem cells. These people pioneered stem cells. Right. So they can take a fat cell and literally convert it into osteocell, like a bone cell, mm. cardio cell, and neurogenesis. So this stuff is fascinating. I can't talk about it fully, 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 because mm. I'm still A, learning about it, B, signed an NDA, but there is going to be some very exciting information. And I can't wait to tell Kim and you at some point, maybe you'll have us again, 100%. Uh, but it, it is disruptive technology. And that's the beauty about this stuff being digital, because as things change and we never want things to stay the same, you can update it and then the next time the person looks at the story, it's got the update. That's, so it's, that's, what, it's that's one of the reasons story. also I said, okay, yes, mm. because I'm afraid. Uh, to give you an analogy, some people are like, I want a picture to put on my wall. And I, I never liked doing that whole poster thing because all I can remember is... What was that flex you just did? You know, like, <laughs> yes, posing. Because I remember... That's how you envision yourself on a poster. It's like, well, it's like a, a cover of a romance novel. You know, you know what's <laughs> funny? Now that you mentioned that, I've been to people's houses where... Or restaurants where, you know, the celebrity puts their picture and it's dingy, old, and yellow. And that's when you know, okay, yeah. your days are gone, you know? I don't want to be that. I, all, I always want to stay current. I yeah. saw a photo of you oh, in God. some ripped jean shorts and a little oh, tank top. Oh, God, baby. <laughs> Just when I think I can get away with it, she drags that picture back in. Do you know the one I mean? Oh, very. It's, 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 I look like what my gay friends used to call rough trade, okay? <laughs> I'm like in this cut up in, in my hand. <laughs> I look like just, you know. By the way, I'm going to find that photo and it'll be yeah, part yeah, of yeah. the oh, listen, <laughs> listen, it used to bother me when people would post that. Like, it used to be like like homeboys and like, hey, yeah, you know, hey, puto, you know, like. And I'd get like, uh, okay, erase that person, block yeah. that person. Yeah. Now I'm like, ha ha. Yeah. I laugh at it because, you know, if you let them know it bothers you, they really bother yeah, that's, that's, that's when the fun starts. That's right. It, it didn't start when they... Look, I'm sweating already from you talking just about that. Okay? Tor that's torso sweat. That's it is sweat. torture is what it is. Anyway, go ahead. Um, no, also, so speaking of history, right? Like, well, I don't know what was this. History. That sounds like yeah. 80s-ish. Very 80s. Um, but, I mean, this has been a part of your career, like this whole being a platform for other causes and issues and other people. Um, I'm a cause slut. Okay. I yes. Causeslut.com. Yes. Um, let's find that URL. Yeah, right URL. Now. He's already, he's on it. <laughs> Kenny's like, I'm looking it up. Go daddy, go daddy, go. Just buy it and we'll sell it to him for like 10, 10 grand. Um, why? Why? Not everybody does it. Not everybody lends their time and their energy. Well, because emotions. they're smart and I'm not. <laughs> Number one, they protect their brand. I whore it out. <laughs> Unfortunately, I whore it out for no money. But I, I think I get God points. I get goodness. You know, I've been an adventurous person my whole life. And sometimes your idea of adventure is somebody else's idea of offensive. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that's protected me, in my opinion, is trying to increase your frequency, your heart frequency. And if you really, okay, let me, let me take back a step. There's two kinds of people in the world, I think, artists and con artists. If you're sincere in the art of living, whatever you do, you're an artist in your life. You're, you're creating your own, your own masterpiece. If you're fronting and using a lot of, or too much, because we all kind of, you know, put a, some sort of mask, the, word, the Greek word for persona meant mask. You know, we all have something to hide, but if you're more illusion 
than reality, then you're you're fronting. Either you're a con artist. You you take advantage. You either like helping people or hurting people. Mm-hmm. And I, I like helping people. I don't like hurting people. And I think that if you put a wall of goodness around you by good deeds whenever and wherever you can, not expecting anything in return per se, it creates a wall of benevolence around you. That even if your time has come and somebody's coming to get you, somebody up there likes you. Something happens. <laughs> the guardian angels come out and help you because, believe me, I'm surprised that I'm still around. A, because I've done so many stupid things in my life. Okay, let's just face it. I've done many stupid things. Knowingly. Oh, and, and B, because you, never, you know, even really good people succumb to tragedy. Yeah. So I just think um, that you pay things forward. I was a, a, a victim of random kindness mm-hmm. to be whatever you call that. Ironic. I was stabbed in the arm here and my wrist as they tried to get my radio when I was 14 years old. These two guys punching me in the face. I never let go. A, because I had my Beatles cassette in there. And I'm a Beatles freak. And B, because my stepfather had given me that radio for Christmas and had it. I come home without any scars. He probably would have thought I sold it or lost it and I would have gotten my butt kicked. Like, well, can you guys stab me first before? Yeah, yeah. I I need proof, guys. (laughs) Really, this isn't going to cut it. You know? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy, yeah. I see what you did. So, So the point is that I'm making is it's 4.30 in the afternoon in Manhattan. They finally run off my radio's mangled. My hand, I can't lift my wrist. I'm trying to lift my wrist, raise it, and it, only my fingers move up, and it's like a weight is on my wrist. And it looks like, oh, my God. Listen, I'm a 14-year-old kid. I'm, I'm going to look gay for the rest of my life. Because I, I couldn't lift my wrist. I was like, oh, this is a 14-year-old boy in the 70s. Don't, don't hate me. And I was like, oh, my God. And I was dripping blood from my wrist. It didn't get an artery, but it got a vein. And I didn't know what to do, and I was in shock. And I lied. I mean, I sat down on the corner of Riverside Drive and 104th Street. And out of nowhere, this tall, beautiful, um, sophisticated-looking blonde woman, kind of like Kim Chilman Blair. Maybe it's you. Maybe. Was it you? No, she's too young now. You're like six. But, but, you know, I was young, right? She, she said, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I, I, you know, what happened? I, I got, you know, I was, she saw I was, she was, why don't you go to the hospital? I'm like, I, I don't know. I really, I just didn't know what to do. She gave me $5. Now in the 70s, $5 is like giving someone a 20 or a 50 mm. to go take a cab and go. And she told me what hospital to go to. And I never saw her again. And to this day, I wish I could thank her. Mm. I wish I could say, and I can't, and it makes me cry. Mm out of gratitude. She didn't know me, but she was human. Yeah. And she saw a fellow human being in need. And I'll never forget that. I'll always pay it forward. So, and you, comedy hour, <laughs> downer, downer, <laughs> Debbie Downer, <laughs> strikes again. <laughs> anyway. No, that's, that's, that's beautiful. What, what has the craft of acting given you that you... Uh, you know, because I, I think you have to be in tune emotionally at any given you know moment. Um, but obviously, that's extended in some way, or maybe the reverse is true. Like, but where does that emotional relationship come in from the craft versus real life? Okay, that's a really good and complicated question. I'll try to simplify it as much as I can. I'm an empath. I feel for people. I can't help it. My mother does too. You know, it's like I watched the news as a kid and I would cry <laughs> as easily as I did just now. Um, Watching, hearing a story about a young mother and her children that were caught in a crossfire. And I was like, that could be my mom. You know, that, you know, there but for the grace of God go I. And I would, I would weep. And I still do. You know? Kind of like Bill Clinton used to say, I feel your pain. You know, I, I felt people's pain. Uh, sincerely, not just for political gain. And I think becoming an actor allowed me to to put that to good use. Mm. But the thing that being an actor has helped me do as a person is it's given me, through my various roles, so many different perspectives that I think I'm hell understanding. Even of the devil. Mm. I have sympathy for the devil. Thank you, Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones. (laughs) I just think that people who are bad are not bad people, that they do bad things. They are hurt people. They are wounded people. Mm -hmm. 
Hurt people hurt people. That's right. That's right. And if you can unlock that and stop trying to bash them down and create more pain out of vengeance, this is my problem with Hollywood. Most movies are vengeance-based. Most genre is like, well, there's not a payoff. The bad guy's got to get it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it just doesn't work that way. Sometimes, I know it's not sexy, but you just got to unravel the knot in someone's life and psyche. Yeah. And they can find release, relief. Kim. All right. Speaking of release. Uh, <laughs> no, I... I, I because obviously you guys did more than a business transaction, uh, you know. Hey, hey, of, hey, uh, not right. yet. A boy can <laughs> dream now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's what I call a happy trail. <laughs> oh. Hey. Hey, oh. <laughs> Shout out to Evan Man. Um, what have you learned from, what have you gained from working with Isa? Um, well, I've gained a friend. Um, you can tell them we're about to have a child. <laughs> <laughs> you gained two friends. <laughs> ah, sorry, I'm just kidding. Have you family? No. Um, no um, think, think. You, you really put her on the spot there, buddy. Well, She's I, like, I, I, I can see her. No, stop it. I can see her um, like, like scrounging. No, I'm not scrounging. Like, what can I say? No, um, it's been. An amazing pleasure to to work with Isai on this. Um, I think, as you can tell from this interview, that he's um, shy, and really raw, yeah. uh, and and honest, and you know, and think in most of um, the the kind of interviews that we had leading up to writing the story. I think you you made me cry pretty much every time that we talked about your journey and, and your mother's journey, and so um, I have appreciated um, working with someone who's um, so so honest and raw and so talented and being able to tell the story. Yeah, I, I, uh, in my book, Crushing the Box, 10 Essential Rules for Breaking Essential <laughs> Rules, uh, no, I talk about this idea of mentor moments, right? Yeah. And it's like you come together, like you guys aren't obviously mentor or mentee, but I think you learn something every time you encounter a new person. Is there a, a particular thing that you picked up that you want to incorporate more of in your own practice and the same vice versa, you know, in terms of what you... I'll say, I I love laughing, but go ahead, keep going. (laughs) I like making her laugh. Oh my God. Well, you you make me laugh all the time, but I think um, his thirst, continual thirst for knowledge and just to, you know, as you were saying before, don't let it stop here. Like, let's keep searching and finding answers. I think that's an incredible part of who you are and um it's very inspiring thank you your turn she laughs at my theories (laughs) 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 laughs at my theories and you know what god bless her because that's a sign of honesty yeah she is a conventionally trained doctor i am someone who does not trust the system that trained her okay so I will throw upon her things that are incredulous. Like, what if we turn the brain upside down? <laughs> you know what? Like, you I'm, can't do that, Isai. No. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. But you, you're absolutely right. And and you know what? She's a grounding, you know, force. In other words, oh, I bring it back down to earth, Isai. You know, like, <laughs> I, I, I can't go out with this. You know, like, okay, okay. And not that I wanted to go out with this. I just, I love opening people's minds and hearts, but especially the minds because... I think doctors are the most indoctrinated people. And um, and I try not to make judgments because I know they all come in. They're like police officers in a sense. You come in with your heart is to heal. But the system has a way to jade a lot of folks. Mm. I have a police officer friend. I've played many a cop. And uh, I met this LAPD guy who went into permaculture. Mm. Brilliant guy. And I said, so what do you think? Because, you know, the whole police, you know, misconduct thing is still going on. And it's a big to-do because our country seems to be 
black or white. Either you're with us or you're against us. Either you hate cops or you love cops. Either you're for Black Lives Matter or you want to kill, you know, and want to kill all cops, or you 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 believe in mom country and the apple pie. You know, it's not that simple. Mm -hmm. And I said, so what do you think about most cops today? And he said, well, being on the force, I'd tell you 30% are true believers. About, you know, roughly saying 30%, like their parents were in, you know, the father, mm -hmm. it's, 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 in the, it's in the blood. They believe in law and order and they're straight arrows. Another 30% are a bit jaded and frankly waiting for their um, pensions to kick right. in. And he goes, and about another third are psychos, psychopaths. <laughs> <laughs> he said this to me. They're psychopathic. Wow. And, you know, and, and I could take that and, and, and leave it at that. But my understanding from playing police officers, okay, is that it's not that black and white. Because I would post things like, you know, how come the good cops can't police their own? Mm -hmm. you got to turn in your psychotic cops. But it's not that simple because that psychotic cop is... The tip of the spear in an operation <clears throat> that psychotic cop is not an always always a bad guy mm -hmm. that person's the first one to put himself in, in in harm's way and the first one to come to your rescue if you're in trouble so the minute you come and say oh i'm going to tell on this cop for this or that good luck trying to get a backup call people are going to run into traffic mm -hmm. because there's a loyalty thing <clears throat> and as much as we you know resent it at times the thin blue line they're, you know, they have to protect themselves because they only have themselves. They only have each other. So I'm not saying that police officers who kill people too quickly, you know, trigger fingers, are justified in their actions. I'm saying it's much more complicated than that. Right. And the same goes for the medical industry. There are a lot of great doctors out there who have sacrificed their brains, their lives. You know, the, 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 the workload for uh, uh, many a doctor, especially ER doctors, you know, uh, trauma doctors, is insane. They sacrifice their family lives. So I don't judge them all. And right. I try to be understanding. But I also know that we have a system that does not tell you the truth about things and suppresses and represses information that can save lives because an industry will suffer. Right. So it's disease maintenance instead of cures. When's the last time you heard about cures? In the old days, cures were left and right. Now it seems to be like, well, we're going to manage this. You know, whether it's cancer or degenerative disease. So that's where I'm, that's what attracted me about Medicine X. I'm thinking, all right, we're going we're gonna to bust this out. You know, like, <laughs> but to Kim's credit, she is the other side that says, hang on. You know, th this is what is established fact. Now, you may or may not be right about all your conspiracy sure. theories, <laughs> but I can't go on a limb like that. And I respect her for that. So I think that this world benefits from both kinds, from using your left and your right brain, not from suppressing her or me. Yeah. But I, I gotta say, <laughs> that was good, right? I do actually um, <laughs> concur. I agree with what you're saying about the the parks and the tangles, and that being the latest research that traditionally this was what people thought was mm -hmm. the basis of um, what causes Alzheimer's disease, and now the, the top doctors in the world are scratching their heads and going, well, actually, maybe this is just a downstream effect of the thing that's causing it. And there we still go. don't know what that is. Okay. And okay. we're still looking. So we're that's in a... Brilliant. We're no, in I a brilliant. And, and I love yeah. that. And I yeah. love that. And I, and I respect and love you for it. Yeah. Well, one thing, I mean, you both just touched on is this idea of perception, right? Yeah. And, I, and I know I've heard through the grapevine, you've worked with a lot of pharma companies, yeah. which is an unexpected sort of partnership in this arena, because I think... The general public, most of us don't like, oh, not big pharma. Yeah. So we have this thing in our heads about what they are. I mean, I, I spoke at an event uh, a couple months ago. And I was like, sure, PMI, this sounds cool. And yeah. not realizing it was Philip Morris. And I'm like, oh, I'm mm. in a right. cigarettes thing, <laughs> uh, which is, you know, obviously a huge killer in, in a number yeah. of different ways. But, you know, Philip Morris is actually on a mission to eradicate smoking, maybe. Right. But it's the perception in my head was different yeah. once I realized what it was. Interesting. Um, but where did the pharma relationships come in to the yeah. picture? And It's interesting work? because, you know, as a doctor, you get socialized to have a distrust of pharma because um, similar to what Isai was saying before, you you have this idea that people are out to make money and they um, don't really care about cure and that they're just, uh, it's all about dollars. But in 
in doing this, when I had this idea, it was like, well, how is this going to be funded? Either doctors have to pay for it, p patients or people would have to pay for downloads, or we could get sponsorship through um, industry. Um, and so they were the first ones to put up their hands and say, you know what, we want to do this for the community. There's nothing to benefit for them from it. They're spending their lives, their careers. The people that I've met um, who are just, you know, focused on finding this cure and, you know, helping the the community, the public at large, is, is being amazing. And it's blown apart that every concept I had about Big Pharma as a doctor. Um, so yeah, they, they've been an incredible, incredible partners. Um, and we just would approach them and say, look, we want to create a story about Alzheimer's disease. Would you fund the creation of that so we can make it free? And they either say yes or no. And, you know, most of the time they say yes. So it's been a good kind of collaboration all around. And then we write it in, in conjunction with um, the, the key opinion leaders or the thought leaders, the best doctors in the world. Mm -hmm. And then we also write it in collaboration with the, the patients who have the condition as well as well as Isai and his story. So it's a um, lot of stakeholders. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I mean, to, to like to manage, right? Yeah, it's exactly, a tight exactly. rope. Bunch of points of view. It's exactly. a tight rope walk. So it's it's, a, <laughs> it, it's um, like a sponsorship what um, they're doing to serve the community. Yeah. And I'd like to add something because, you know, I'm, I'm the right. I'm sorry, we're out of time. Okay. Uh, <laughs> everyone. This show is brought to you by the makers of... <laughs> No. <laughs> seriously, seriously. Philip Mars. Uh, exactly. Let's I, have a cigarette, guys. I'm expected to be that like radical, you know, they're all bad kind of thing, and and, and, and they're not. Uh, I will tell you right now, my life has been saved by asthma medication because I, for 16 years, had exercise-induced asthma. And albuterol, on more than one occasion, Me has too. saved my life, Okay. And I'll say that because I, I, I could have I died on the dance floor and in many other cases where all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, I forgot, I can't be doing this, especially when you're drinking and partying, hello. So antibiotics have saved many millions of lives. <clears throat> Unfortunately, the abuse of antibiotics have also created superbugs that no longer respond. So I believe that there has to be a balanced view my issue with big pharma is sometimes when industry becomes so large that the health of their bottom line line seems to be, you know, predominant to the health of an individual per se. But I think that there can be a happy and a healthy medium where we can work together with the best of the folks. I just, I just personally believe that any industry that grows too big, whether it's pharma or the defense industry, becomes a, an uncontrolled growth. What is that? It's a cancer. So we have to work with the best and the most, um, how should I say, the most integri integrity-driven folks within that industry and not throw the baby out with the bathwater, not be prejudiced or bigoted against even big pharma mm -hmm. because there are life-saving uh, developments and drugs that... You know what? Not everybody can do the holistic protocol. Not everybody wants to. And sometimes you need a magic bullet. Yeah. And that's what a lot of these drugs are, immediate help. And for me, I weaned myself off when I was told I would be on these drugs for life. I found a way to emancipate myself. But I'm very grateful that those drugs were there because yeah. I would be dead well, it's a, it's a, five it's, times over. It's a complex story, right? It's, it's, yes. You know, it's like what yes. Dave Chappelle said, he rapes, but he saves. In his when did he say this? <laughs> Wait a minute. Out of context. Wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, we're out of time. <laughs> you guys go Google that one. It's uh, it's on his Netflix special. No, he starts talking about like he had a story about a superhero he was pitching and he made it up. And he was like, oh. there's a superhero and he has to, you know, fondle women in order to activate a superpower, but he saves people. So it's like, <laughs> but that's but see, catch 22. But that's the genius. <laughs> no, the genius well, of the, Dave Chappelle. <laughs> who probably is his well that was inspired by one of his heroes yes exactly one of mine as well uh, absolutely so when does superman become crappy man mm -hmm. do you know what do i mean we discredit all the good all the good yes right. because of the bad or you know and 
it, it, it's stuff we can't talk about, by yeah. the way. You can't talk freely of course. about many issues in this industry. In the land of the free, you cannot speak your mind. Ask Matt Damon. Anyway, I'll do that. <laughs> Get Matt on the phone. Um, <laughs> Three <laughs> snaps up. <laughs> As we wind down, I thank you guys for your time. Um, the show is called Innovation Crush. We've covered a lot of And it would have been amazing had you could, could you promote it. But I, I'm sure somebody's going to tell you, no, you can't put this on the air. What's that? The, the show. Oh, no. It, yeah. I don't even think it's recording. You mean you're free? <laughs> you, mean, you mean we're not you know, oh. This is you the dry run. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so, I thought you were recording this. Ah, oh, dude. Um, I don't have to buy this back. This is good. Is there something that you are currently crushing on? There, there could, it doesn't have to be I'm right here, dude. I'm right here. That's Kim. awkward. Kim. No. Blink twice if you're in danger. <laughs> um, oh, this is so, a mutual crush society. Is there, like, it, I mean, it could be VR. It can be a, cuisine, a culinary experience. It it's what I'm going to tell her next. But, oh, ooh, yeah, but she doesn't know it yet. But <laughs> for now, yeah. answer his question. Um, for Medicine X, you mean? Just anything. Like, I, just, like, as you observe and travel the world, is there anything out there that you see that inspires you, gives you goosebumps? You're like, oh, that was... Uh... Well, yeah, I mean, well, ultimately, um, at the moment, we're creating these uh, stories to explain medicine to, to patients in human language, but we want to be um, the go-to place for any condition, anything oh. with... Some, Those are our sponsors. <laughs> whether um, I had an idea. Okay. So whether you can call them up, email, um, have a, a film, um, an animation, a video, a story. There's there's many more facets to it than just this. This is just step mm -hmm. one. We just want people um, to become empowered and understand what's happening within the human body in in whatever, wherever technology is taking us, we're on that ride. Yeah. And because we are such a young, um, nimble, growing company, we're able to innovate with anything that comes our way. So we're, um, the world is our oyster, basically, mm -hmm. with, with where we're going with this. How old is your listener base? How old are is... Hey, we're recording here. Hey! <laughs> For, uh, <laughs> get locked up. Um, uh, all my listeners are 14. I don't know. Uh, how long? Would What's you, the average what? age of your listener base? Uh, uh, 25 to 44. It's like the... All right, for the 44-year-olds, might understand this. I'm going to say this about Medicine X. They're like the schoolhouse rock of medicine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pass the bill. You remember that? Right, I'm right, just yeah. the bill, a lonely bill. And it explains to you graphically and accessibly and in a fun and entertaining manner what you're dealing with. That's great. Yeah. Uh, last but not least, either of you, actually both of you will have this assignment. You can pick who goes first. Who goes first? Yeah. <laughs> I was first. It depends on the question. Um, complete this phrase for me. Innovation to me is? The future. Survival. Can you both expand a little bit? No. <laughs> Very honest. It's the most honest answer. She is entire... the most efficient <laughs> communicator. It's the most honest answer. With I've two heard. letters, no. she answers your question. Uh, no. Future. And I'm done. No. I mean, the future I think is pretty self-evident, and if I may expand upon it, because you know I'm at a lack of words, a loss for words. Uh, survival. If you don't innovate, you die. If you don't adapt, you die. If you don't change, you don't grow. You don't evolve. I mean, life is change. Life is not static. Innovation is not static. And innovation is what has allowed us to evolve. So maybe I should have said evolution. But I think innovation will allow us to survive into what she said. Beautifully stated. The future. Yeah. Um, and way to tie it into your future no um where can people go to find more about the you know medicine x or uh where do you so the um alzheimer's explained is on a, a website www.alzheimersexplained so there's no e it's just the explained.com and they still have to learn how to spell alzheimer's which yeah. is not an easy one <laughs> uh and then the the private facebook community where um they can meet other people who are going through the same thing ask our doctors questions that's alzheimer's explained why right private facebook because sometimes people don't want others um to know what they're going through it depends on the condition um, but we like to just keep it 
um, private so that people feel like it's a safe place. It's personal, it's intimate. It's, it is, it's mm. intimate. And um, in a couple of weeks, we're having um, Eastside host a, a kind of a Q&A within that community. What? Well. So people... <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, because I, I, I said, I said, to be honest with you, I feel a little guilty because I have so many things to do. Like I'm, I'm the typical kind of multi, you know, tasking, multi everything. You were even at a dentist before you came here. Yes, yes, and uh, looking good, man. Trying, trying. You know, you got to keep them clean. The thing is that I want to engage with people. I like to engage with people. I actually enjoy it. There are folks that they want to be left alone. They want mm. to do their art and they want to be left alone, and I respect that. But then there are folks like me that enjoy. Pardon the expression, social and other kinds of intercourse. And intercourse just means exchange. You don't, okay, people are bowing their heads no. in shame in the background. You're going, ugh, Isai, no, it was going time. so well. You had to take it down there. You had to do this. Anyway. Poor Madison is like, I can't do anything with this. I'm like, oh my God. I didn't say sexual, although I will not deny There's that. There's all kinds either. of intercourse. But yes, intercourse is just exchange. Anyway, what you do is great because you take science and innovation and you make it fun thank you so that's what i'm that's all i'm trying to do and let's close on that note um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right get them out of here so it'll just be the, sound, the only sound bite yeah. of the universe um no thank you guys both for i'm lactating for being sorry. Here. it looks good on you though. it's sweat but my god we'll get, you, get you a different shirt yeah um <laughs> when we do the pictures afterward everybody be like what's this like blotch yes <laughs> it's nerves dude i was nervous <laughs> No, because everyone, I, this has been another installment of Innovation Crush. Thank you for tuning in, and we will talk to you next time.